Welcome to the Echo Cast. I believe this is episode 29. I am Bond Diesel. You're new. Thank you for checking me out. You're old. Welcome back. We're going to do things a, a hair different this time. We will not be doing a speculation kind of discussion uh, because I'm going to primarily focus on the state of the game this week with Thylander and some division news involving Ubi Day and Julian Garrity. And we're going to answer a few questions from my lovely listeners. So let's just jump into it. First, quick content updates. My giveaway for the Division 2 t-shirt and hoodie are still going on. They'll be going on until the end of the month. You can find the link on my Twitter. You should be able to find it wherever this podcast is posted. And you can also check it out when I am streaming. The only other thing I really have is that as of the recording of this on 10-14-2018 or 14-10 for you crazy Europeans... Uh, there are 152 days left until the announced release of Division 2. That said, stay of the game recap. Big stuff. So, we had uh, the Rebel Shield came out on Thursday. To get it, all you have to do is wave 15 of resistance on any world tier. So if you're having trouble finding people to play with, you have a decent tactician build and you do world tier one, you can get to wave 15 pretty easily and you actually don't have to beat wave 15. If you're by yourself, knocking out those four hunters can be a bit tough, especially at world tier five, but you can do, uh, you just have to get to a world tier, uh, to the level 15, wave 15, and you'll be good. So do it. The recording for it is pretty cool. I like it. I think that the recordings for these shields are going to get uh, more and more impactful, especially um, probably the last, well, we only have four more left. It's kind of crazy to think that we started with 12, and uh, now we've only got a few months left, therefore only a few shields left. So the meat and potatoes of this day of the game, Frederick Thylander, commonly known as the gun guy, but he's actually a whole lot more than that guy. He is the 3C director on Division 2, which uh, to translate essentially means anything the camera does, anything your player does, player movement, things like that. He is in charge of it, uh, as well as many, many other people who, who help him out. So he was on the show to primarily talk about the recent uh, dev blog. That dev blog talked about um, guns, talents, exotics, things like that. So he decided to give us a little more clarity, answer some questions that he saw in the community. And uh, the thing he started with was talking about adding the rifle category. He talked a little bit about how in the real United States, if you found guns around, there'd be various types of guns you would find that we already had categories for, such as shotguns, pistols, things like that. But one category they wanted to add was this rifle category, which was semi-automatic semi rifles for the most part. Uh, if you're not from the United States, you may think that we're a lawless area where everyone has machine guns and that's the way it goes. 
while it is possible to attain fully automatic guns in the United States relatively easily, kind of, if you have tons of money, you um, not everyone has them. And that, and that may be a bit of a misconception. What's way more common, I would say pistols are the most common. Shotguns are up there as well. And I would say uh, semi-automatic uh, rifles are in that vicinity as well. And that would include guns like we have in Division One, like the MDR. So they've made a whole category of guns like this. I believe it will also include any burst fire, burst fire weapons they include, um, but primarily the semi-autos. So he referenced the MDR, actually the M1A from Division One, which was a MMR or marksman rifle in Division One, uh, will actually be in the rifle category this time. One interesting little tidbit he dropped was that the um, there will be a lever action rifle included. I posted uh, a few pictures of, of some cool looking ones that I think may be included. Um, and he also made mention of the LVOAC, the much loved gun by uh, lots of the players uh, in real life is actually a semi-automatic rifle. It is not full auto like it is in Division 1. So that will be included included in this rifle category. With the exotics, he talked about how um, only one exotic weapon and one exotic gear piece will be equipable at any given time. Obviously, you can own as many as you want, but you can't have a exotic primary gun, exotic secondary, and exotic pistol. You know, In Division 1, you wouldn't really do that too often anyways because especially the pistols aren't really useful, but in theory, you could. The whole idea with exotics in Division 2 is that they'll be a lot more powerful and a lot uh, more useful, where the current exotics, most of them, fit into very small paths where they're useful. I, I guess the idea with Division 2 exotics is that they're uh, much more broad and much more useful in general. Therefore, they're going to make uh, them less equipable. Same with the gear pieces, but he didn't really go into that, so I think we should assume that there will be um, exotic gear pieces probably for all the slots and that we may um, get a little more use out of them things like the ninja bag Barrett's chest those things were relatively useful to most people uh, but then other things like Colonel Bliss's holster and Pharaoh's mask maybe not so much he talked about all new exotics being in the game as weapons uh, the old exotics such as the house devil and heal as well as others will return but as high-end regular guns all of the exotic guns will be new guns that we haven't seen before. And then he did confirm for Mr. Hamish himself that there will be an exotic bolt-action bolt rifle. So, look forward to your sniper needs. He talked a little bit about weapon mods. His biggest thing was talking about how they want weapon mods to be a way for people to make the guns feel the way they want them to, rather than Division 1, where it was basically just a best-in-slot for any type of gun you were using. He talked a lot about weapon talents, and this was probably the most of the information we got, which I thought was personally really interesting. He talked about how each high-end gun will have three weapon talents, similar to how it does in Division 1, but they'll be set up differently. The first talent will always be an active talent. The active talent um, will be kind of like what we had in Division 1, um, but they will also have a, um augmented reality UI. Um, so there is a talent that's a kind of like Striker, that the more hits you get in a row, the more damage it does, but it only goes to 15, I think, or it did in the demo. And as you're hitting targets, um, a little counter would pop up, seeing how many hits you had. 
This is very um, basically the Predmark UI that pops up when you're hitting shots. That there's going to be something like that for each of the first talent slot area. The second talent slot on the guns will have um, impact on stability, accuracy, optimal range, and things like that. These are talents that in Division One most people just rolled off or didn't care about because they just weren't as useful as the damage dealing talents. So now the second slot will only be these so there's you know you won't just throw them away because they're useless because they're all you can get in the second slot the final slot being the holstered slot in the holstered slot this is where this talent will only work it will only impact your character when this gun is not in use and what's interesting about that is that now um, it's kind of like alpha bridge from division one so you'll have your primary gun that you're using it has three talents on it that you like but then you're also going to want to be mindful of your secondary gun and its third talent and how useful it will be for that build. And even your pistol, I believe he said, will have a holster talent as well. The other thing to consider is that if you have good holster talents on your primary and secondary gun, you may even have a pistol that's very useful. So I wouldn't be surprised if there's a holster talent for the high-end regular guns, shotguns, uh, rifles, things like that, that give you more pistol damage. So that you can have two of those guns with that third slot talent for pistols, you can use your pistol and maybe it'll actually be useful. There's a lot of people who wish that there was a way for the pistols to be useful because in some situations they may be better, especially close combat. But we'll have to see. After the stay of the game, Marco Style did ask for some clarification about the holster talent in that uh, whether or not it would also work while the gun wasn't holstered, which seems a little backwards to me, but it's good to at least know. Um, and Thylander actually responded basically saying they haven't decided if the talents will only work when they're holstered or if there may be some third piece, like third slot talents that may work no matter whether they're holstered or not. Uh, it seems like that's a thing they're still trying to balance and figure out. A big part of this also was uh, all new talents, uh, no re returning gun talents from the old game. I wouldn't be surprised if we see some variations of the old ones, um, but it doesn't seem like there's going to be any copy and paste, which is awesome. I'm also hoping that there's going to be significantly more, and I believe during the save of the game he mentioned this, that there's going to be a lot more talents in general for the whole pool. Uh, one last thing that he mentioned was the P90 is confirmed. While I have always believed the gun is in the game because it's the actual gun part of the sensor turret, other people want the actual gun, and that's fine. Now we have it, and I've asked Dialander personally to make it the worst gun in the game because of how much people focused on it. Obviously, I don't really hope that. It actually could be a really neat gun because it fires a somewhat more rifle-like round than a submachine gun, but it's more it's in like a submachine gun format so it's a it's an interesting gun and i'm curious to how useful it's going to be so my reaction to this day of the game was was pretty excited um the rifle category i actually still love the mdr in division one even though i know it's probably not the meta gun to use um i really enjoy using it with like a tactician build and things like that um it's just a satisfying gun for me to use personally i don't really care for many of the mmrs um, just because I don't think they're as useful, except the Devil. The Devil is actually probably one of my favorite guns in the game as well, from a fun standpoint, not necessarily from a best gun to be using standpoint. I really like the idea of the exotics. I really like the kind of Destiny-ish system of only having one exotic gun and one exotic gear piece equipable. 
I think that's going to allow them to make the exotics significantly more powerful and really um, useful. I think that also adds the ability. Um, my prediction for a bit has been that I think uh, gear sets are going to work differently, where you may potentially, um, they may only have like three pieces. Uh, so then you'd still have to think about the other three pieces of gear. And you, or they may do something like where we have to, it's like classified, where you have to have all six pieces potentially to even use the gear set. So then if these exotic pieces and these brand sets are really powerful, you'd have to make a genuine decision. Like, is it is this six-piece gear set really worth it for these kind of specialized talents? Or would I rather have an exotic piece and five brand pieces? I think people are a little worried about uh, build diversity and stuff in Division 2 with some of the things they've heard. I personally think it's going to be more varied than it's ever been, but we'll have to see. The weapon mods, I've kind of expressed my opinion on that. I think that it's a good system. I think it's it, there's never been a time where I've been farming for a weapon mod and got one and been like, yes, thank goodness, I finally got that stability hand guard you know i just don't care like that's that's one of the places that i was okay with them changing up that system a bit and now it's going to just be a lot more standard to know that i personally like to use this and this and this on ars while someone else may like it um, to use something differently and it's um it's just going to be a lot more standard rather than kind of the 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 worst grind in the game in my personal opinion the weapon talents is easily the, the most important thing I think he talked about and talking about this, this new system where instead of having three talent slots on guns that all pull from the same pool, now what we're going to have is the first slot will have its own pool of active talents, damage talents, things like that. The second slot will have its own pool of things like stability, accuracy, optimal range, things like that. And then the third slot will have this new holstered pool. And the, in one, it, it's going to make guns a little less powerful from talents because you can't just have three damage talents stacked, right? So you're going to um, actually care about things like stability and accuracy and things like that. As long as they make those stats like worth while right that if you have zero accuracy it's significantly different than if you have 50 percent accuracy or even 100 you, you know those things need to be worth going for but i really think that this is going to be cool because it's going to make you think so much about the guns that you have that you aren't even primarily using and it's going to just make you think more uh, i've always said with division one and now especially division two the more choices we have to consciously make about our build the better for the game I'm really excited too about the rifle category because what that's going to do is that now there's going to be able um, to be talents just for the rifle category in that slot one, maybe even the slot two, and maybe even the slot three that are specifically for semi-auto rifles and maybe even burst fires. The, the semi-auto rifles I really have a lot of hope for because I actually think the, the MDR is a really satisfying gun to use. And then after playing Destiny 2, I know the scout rifle in that is kind of... I hate it on a bit because it's not as powerful as maybe it should be. I still find them really satisfying to use. Um, and then the fusion rifles in Destiny 2 are really fun as well. And I hope that maybe there's a little inspiration going into the burst fire guns in Division 2 from those fusion rifles because they feel useful. They feel like you can use them and not just instantly be behind the curve. And then the P90 getting confirmed. Thank goodness. Now people will stop asking for it. Who knows what they're going to ask for next, but 
whatever they do, maybe it's going to be something that they want. Okay, so that was Save the Game. It was awesome. I really um, am excited for more of those in the next few months. I suspect that um, probably in December, January, uh, those things will ramp up a lot. Um, and maybe even after each dev blog. I have no idea what the dev blog in October is for. I'm going to guess it's going to have something to do with maybe the city, uh, but we'll have to see. So the next part of the podcast I want to talk a little bit about is the Ubi Day presentation in Japan, where Julian Garrity spoke. And the lovely Agent Mab posted a capture of it on her YouTube. You can also find it on the Japan Ubisoft YouTube account. Uh, it's like eight hours long, but the Julian Garrity portion is like right in the middle. If you scan through, you can find it. So here are the notes I found uh, by listening to it. Um, I took a bunch of screenshots of a bunch of new concept art they haven't released yet. Um, I've already posted a really clear uh, picture of the map in the different sections of the Division 2 map. You can check that out on my Twitter. And there's some interesting stuff. So I'm going to list off the stuff he talked about. I'm sure I missed a few things, but this is the gist of it. And then I'm going to talk a little bit about the things that he talked about. So uh, first he talked about, uh, well, the map of the DC area was released with designated areas such as the suburbs, nature, residential, commercial, and government sections. And those are all color-coded if you look at the map. Um, they talked about going and recording ambient sounds from DC late at night to try to get a feel for the city. But because they, it wasn't perfect, it wasn't exactly what they wanted, I'm sure they'll still use it. But they actually went to Chernobyl, uh, the site of the, uh, the nuclear uh, accident back in, uh, you know, back in the day. Um, that is a truly abandoned city, but it's still a city with large buildings and, and infrastructure. So they were able to get um, sounds from a very used to be populated area uh, that has no people. So I suspect the sound design is going to be super cool in Division 2. They talked about, again, using the LiDAR and GIS information to build the city and how they had modified Snowdrop to be able to just plug that information in and get a basic version of the city in Snowdrop and then go in and do their magic to uh, make it prettier. And I think that that's going to be really, really cool. I, I know the Division, um, they said... Uh, the scale of it was a little bit smaller than real life um, because I know they say you can run from like one side to the other relatively quickly, a lot quicker than you really could. Um, but, you know, as cool as New York was, it sounds like DC is going to be even better. They showed a really cool concept shot of the current Washington metro system, the underground system, um, compared to a concept art of the same area with a derailed train. And Julian specifically talked about the many secrets that will be down there for us to find. He talked about um, concept art of Roosevelt Island that had a crashed Marine One helicopter. Uh, this is the big giant green helicopter you see the President of the United States often take off in from the, um, the grounds of the White House. There um, was a part of the commercial areas. Um, he talked about how some of the commercial areas will have stores that have been looted, obviously, but there, there will still be stores that weren't looted and have not been plundered yet that um, agents may be assigned or that you may have a task to go get the supplies from and give them to your civilian compatriots. Uh, he pointed out specifically that the Division 2 map is about 20% larger than Division 1. The Lincoln Memorial was confirmed as a mission location, and there was a really cool concept art 
posted of it. I'm going to try to make a video about some of this information and I'll be doing some uh, Twitter posts as well. He talked about Roosevelt Island and how it was used for a quarantine. He actually showed some concept art of a, a big quarantine camp that um, I assume is on Roosevelt Island. But he made it really clear that we're going to have to wait until the game releases to know exactly what happened there. And uh, I think that'll be pretty, pretty cool. The White House was described as being severely damaged and needing to be rebuilt by the agents. And it sounds like some of those rumors about the White House being the... Um, the base of operations may be true. He did specifically talk about how the president is the only one in the country who has the ability to tell the agents what to do as a whole um, faction. Um, he talked about the Air and Space Museum, how it was an armory during the uh, escalation of things, and how um, that makes it a very popular place for the Shade agents and the enemy factions both to want to uh, explore and uh, do supply runs at. Uh, he said that um, there will specifically be DZ information released in November or in uh, December, and then um, one during the Q and A, one of the people asked um, when the beta will be out, and he said early of next year. I was actually predicting December since they're doing more betas, but uh, that may not be true. Um, maybe those details aren't set in stone, but we'll have to wait and see. Um, he did confirm um, as well that Keener. Uh, will be involved in the Division 2. I think for a lot of us lore hounds, I think that he uh, that was kind of obvious. But for people who will play through the game, it's been two and a half years since they played it. Uh, you know, Maybe they thought that they'd move on to a new villain, new whatever. Um, nope, Keener's there. Even though I think our relationship with Keener is going to be interesting. Okay, so my thoughts on this. Um, I think a lot of this stuff kind of explains itself. Um, I do think a lot of the things are interesting... Um, with the White House information, the Air and Space Museum. Um, I think that the information about the DZ, uh, that'll probably be the dev blog in December is my guess, where they're going to start talking about the mechanics of the DZ. I'm, I'm going to caution people to assume that there's a really good chance that the DZ is going to be very, very, very different than Division 1. Than the Division 1. I, I think that while a lot of people like the DZ, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that, I think that it's at least worth acknowledging that the DZ wasn't really the area that they probably intended for it to be when the game was released. So I suspect that the things that work and that people like about the DZ will for the most part stick around. But I also suspect, suspect there's going to be a, a big change in the like purpose of the DZ in Division 2. And that it's not just going to be the place for board players to go murder each other. Um, as rogues, but maybe it'll be a more expansive uh, reasoning behind it. Um, but we'll have to see. I'm not sure. Uh, so, like I said, I'm going to try to do some a video or two about all of this information he talked about. Uh, definitely some speculation that I can go on. And I'll be making some Twitter posts using the screenshots and the concept art that were posted that I was able to screenshot. So, uh, on to listener questions. So, DB Dave says... With Red Dead Redemption 2 around the corner, would you like to see the Division 2 hunting of wildlife and using it as a food resource or system for of use for trade um, of textiles, currencies, etc.? Yeah, so in the demo when you play, um, when you get out to the open area, uh, there's... I'm sure it was just part of the program of the programming of the demo. There's a deer that would pop up, look at you, and run away. And it showed that some people shot it and were able to kill it. Um, 
Now, no one ran up to it to see if you could like collect its carcass or anything. Um, I think that they've made it a point that nature is going to be much more a part of this game. And um, whether it's the vegetation reclaiming Washington, D.C., the flooding reclaiming it. A lot of people don't know that D.C. is actually uh, was built on a swamp. And uh, given time and uh, non-functional uh, drainage systems, it would turn back into a swamp. It would flood, grasslands would grow again, and uh, it, it'd be interesting. And I think we're going to see a lot of that. So, yeah, I think that'd be awesome. I think that'd be a great way. We have this civilian system that we know of now with the, um, the little holdouts where it sounds like we're probably going to have to help them to get their help, uh, which I think is cool. I think that's going to be a great system, uh, especially if it's ongoing, where just because you've helped a faction at one point, uh, maybe they get attacked. And if you don't help them, then maybe you lose their allegiance. Maybe you have to earn it back. Um, I, I think those things will be really neat. And I'm kind of curious to see how that works out. And if hunting animals um in order to provide them some resources if that's a way you can do it i think that'd be really really cool uh flim flam 33 had two questions what are your thoughts on some national treasure type puzzles for division two as a mechanic and raids or missions i think that's um almost uh guaranteed is what is how i would describe it I like to think that the West Side Piers, in some ways, uh, with the 1.8 update, I believe 1.8, was a kind of a wink, wink, hint, hint to what um, the Division 2 is going to be like. And one of the big features of the West Side Piers was the quote unquote secret mission that people found um, that it only took a few days, I think, for people to um, complete it. But um, if, if anyone's familiar with the Battlefield series and how they always have kind of these secret missions and things like that, I think um, the excitement around puzzle stuff in games, especially ones that aren't explained at all, um, is always a really fun thing to watch. The Battlefield community goes nuts for it. And I saw a spark of that with the West Side Peers. If you looked on the subreddit or even on Twitter and stuff, People were going nuts trying to figure out how to get that secret mission to complete. And um, I've done the secret mission with the help of um, of a, a viewer, I believe. Um, and it was really, really cool. So I highly, uh, I highly anticipate that being a thing. I think that was a hint to us saying, hey, it's going to be a little more complicated the second time around. And I really hope, especially during the raid, but even during the missions, that there is a little bit of that element of having to figure things out instead of just blowing through them um, without thinking at all. The second part of Flim Flam's question was, I would like to see some side quest missions that only uh, start because you walked into a random building. Thoughts on less handholding. Um, if you've listened to my stream or or paid attention to this podcast, you'll know I'm a huge proponent of um, of less hand-holding in this game. At the same time, I hope that um, game mechanics and stuff are much better explained to new players or people not familiar with RPG. But when it comes to missions and the raid and stuff like that, I would love um, that when you go into a mission, you kind of have to figure it out. And that even after you've completed the mission once, maybe it's not the same the next time. Maybe there's slight variations that give it some newness. When it comes to what you're saying about some missions not even being marked, I doubt they're going to do whole missions that aren't marked, but little side stories, little intel, little side things like that. 
it would be really cool if you're walking down a street um you know you've had the game for a month you cleared the map you've leveled up to 30 and you're running down a street and you're like oh i've never gone into that building before and you walk in and it starts some little side mission uh, that'd be so cool. Or even if they add those later in the game and don't tell us about them. Maybe there's a place that you've been to a hundred times to pick up some food materials. But this time when you walk into that building to grab that food material, it starts up a side mission that you didn't even know was there. I think that would be awesome. Do I really expect it? Maybe not to that degree, but in some capacity, I think we'll get some mechanics like that. NRGZ asked, with augmented reality coming slowly, closer to fruition in real life uh will will this be the next big thing so i think um gz asked me this question in stream and I, and I believe he was asking about like in real life is that the next big thing and i think what people need to realize is that most of the things in division uh, for the most part are based on at least conceptual things in real life so there may be um you know like, like the contacts so you have to remember that in the division, your menu, everything you see on the screen that isn't part of the game world, uh, so your your UI for your bullets and the gun that you hold, all that stuff, um, that's all supposed to be represented um, by uh, augmented reality in a, a contact lens in the agent's eye um, that can uh, that's hooked up to your Isaac system and and stuff like that. So I um, I'm under the impression that those contacts are in a very 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 early state but that they're real and that they really can be used like that so um the next big thing uh maybe um i've thought for a while that you know cell phones are obviously going to be the standard and a very popular thing for probably another 10 or 15 years but what i could see happen is that everything that smartphones do could eventually be put into a system kind of like the Google Glass. Obviously, that was a very rudimentary system, but I think that was a sign of things to come, and that used kind of a augmented reality kind of uh, mix-up system where you, know, you could just look at stuff and it would give you information on it, or it may just present you your text messages and stuff in a contact lens or on some glasses. Um, you could even go really far and say that they'd find a way to tap into you know, like our neural network and give that information directly to us. Um, if you ever watch the Joe Rogan uh, episode, um, his podcast with Elon Musk, um, he said that the biggest issue we have now is that we can process a lot of information quickly, but we can't communic communicate it very efficiently. And that this idea where we could eventually communicate information without speaking words or typing uh, would would and it would increase our efficiency uh you know it's that's going pretty sci-fi but it's probably not completely out of the future's possibilities so ar next big thing maybe it'd be pretty cool if it was i just hope it doesn't go badly so we'll have to see i don't want to see facebook ads pop up in the middle of my sleep uh the last question was by pudinum i'm sure i destroyed that and i apologize but he said, with the Division and more likely the Division 2 lacking in the clan-style club system, what ways do you think you can get the Echo Cast community to get engaged in playing together? Um, so I responded to this on my uh, Discord, uh, but the clan system in Division 2 is actually confirmed. Um, in the first gameplay trailer we saw, they, they very uh, not very subtly hinted at it and showed us uh, that there's actually a whole category in the menu for the clan system. 
and your player's name in game has the clan tag attached to it. But that said, does that mean it's going to be a crazy super feature rich system and it's going to provide us everything we want with LFG and stuff like that? I think it may, but maybe it doesn't. And even if it does, that's not going to eliminate the creation of groups and LFG and all that outside of the game, right? Right now, that's all we have since there is no clan system, since the matchmaking system is okay, but especially on platforms like PC, people can have a lot of trouble finding groups to play with just randomly. Um, so there's obviously a ton of discords, websites, forums, all that stuff that have LFG and things like that. When it comes to the Echo Cast, uh, I don't plan on going anywhere. I plan on continuing to do these podcasts weekly. And I have little doubt that on the Discord or even on Twitter and things like that, um, I'd be happy to try to uh, facilitate some of that uh, working together and things like that. The community is rather small right now. We're not, uh, we don't have thousands, you know, uh, but we can only keep growing. And as we do, uh, I'll be more than happy to try to, uh, to push that stuff forward. So that's why I have, that's the podcast this week. I was trying to make this one not an hour and a half long, like some of the recent ones have been with me just gabbing on for hours and hours. Um, as we get more and more information, I do plan on bringing some guests in here and there to talk about things we found, to give you guys a different perspective on the news, things like that. I still don't think we have quite enough information for me to do that yet. I think uh, I would like for us to have a lot more stuff set in stone before we start uh, debating. My goal is to try to bring people in who don't necessarily think exactly what I do. Uh, I talk about it a lot in the stream and stuff like that. I don't really expect to speak for you guys. I don't expect you guys to want me to speak for you. And uh, I'm perfectly happy to disagree with people on stuff. And if anything, I think that makes um, for good discussion and it solidifies your ideas better when you have to have them challenged. So uh, as we get more information, especially about the DZ, PVP, uh, the raids, how the gameplay is going to work, different mechanics and systems maybe we don't even know about yet. I can't wait to do that. That said, if you have any questions you want me um, to discuss on here, even just some topics, feel free to let me know on Twitter and Discord. I always make a post every week on both of those mediums asking uh, people for questions or topics that they want me to cover. Uh, you can catch the Echo Cast on Anchor, iTunes, SoundCloud, and YouTube. I'm trying for Spotify, but we're not quite there yet. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch as Bond Diesel. You can find me on Instagram as Bond Diesel underscore Twitch. Again, new and old. Thank you guys for checking this out. I can't wait to cover more of this stuff in the future. Thank you, and until next time.